Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast uh, today. We are studying 2 Timothy and we're in chapter 3. And this will be part 3 today on this 22nd day of January 2021. We're excited that you could be with us whenever you are with us. Uh, we are excited to be able also to announce that Pastor Scotty Williams from Crossway Fellowship will be with us uh, this coming, not this weekend, I'm sorry, but rather the next weekend. That will be the 30th and the 31st. That will be a Saturday night at 6 p.m. and a Sunday morning, as always, at 10 a.m. But Pastor Scotty is coming. Yeah, he's bringing uh, one of his brothers, uh, Brother uh, uh, Brandon Warren. And so we're going to have a great time. And we'll also be recording a couple of sessions uh, Saturday from 10 till lunch in the studio. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, this is a powerful young gospel, uh, spirit-filled gospel preaching preacher from Dublin, Georgia. Again, he'll be with us the 30th and the 31st, uh, uh, that Saturday night at 6, Sunday morning at 10. And we will record a couple of sessions on Saturday from 10 to lunch. So uh, praise the Lord for that opportunity. We had a marvelous time in Lima, Ohio uh, last weekend. And we were at the Hampton Inn and the place just filled up with hungry hearts and a lot of people have only known each other through social media, got to meet each other and we just heard the wonderful words of uh, life that come from the Word of God and the person and the work, the context of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I'm so thankful to be among those of like precious faith and and those who are coming back to uh, the place they were saved, coming back to the, to the only place that faith really works, and that's in the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for that, uh, uh, just what God's saying and doing in these last days. The last days began when Jesus showed up on the earth to uh, begin his, his life, his perfect sinless life, to carry out uh, the sacrificial work for us uh, at the cross to become our sin-bearing offering. And that's when the last days began. So what we see here in these uh, uh, scriptures that Paul writes to Timothy, uh, he, he's not... He's not uh, uh, being optimistic, so to speak, just speaking uh, good, positive, encouraging words. He's being real. He's being uh, uh, real in that he's giving Timothy, the folks in Ephesus, and I hope that you have accepted this letter for you as well, uh, the words we need to hear, the warnings that we need to hear. Most all the Bible is about warning. The very first promise God gave uh, Adam in the garden was not only a command, but it was a warning. Have you ever thought about that? The Bible says, and the Lord God commanded the man that you are free to eat of all the trees in the garden but don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. All the promises of God come with warnings. John 3.16 even has a, a, an obvious warning of perishing if you don't believe on the Son of God to receive everlasting life and to avoid perishing. Every, most of the Bible is about warning you uh, that what will happen if you don't get born again, if you don't accept Christ, and, and even if you do, what will happen if you turn away? Peter even wrote in 2 Peter chapter uh, 2, verse 21, that it would have been better that you never knew the way of righteousness than after you have known it to turn away from the holy commandment. So, yes, it, it, Paul didn't write just to be optimistic. He didn't write Timothy like most would today. It's going to be all right, Timothy. It's, going, it's all going to work out. It, it, it's just, just, he, didn't, he didn't do all that. He, 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 just, he sent him what was needed. And what was needed for Timothy and the church in Ephesus that were surrounded by false teachers just like today. You go in any town or city on the planet and you're going to find false teachers. And we're going to look at that today. 
And again, let me just say this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, this is part 3, and instead of, t- instead of Paul being overly optimistic about the situation that Timothy was in there in Ephesus, he just tells him, know this, know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. And, and, and as I've looked into this more and more, really there's three uh, main reasons that times become perilous uh, anywhere. And it's because men are, are totally self-centered. Now the root of it all is a, is a rejection, whether it's in ignorance or just choosing to ignore the truth about Jesus Christ and what He came to do. That's, that's the root of all of it. Is a rejection of God, a rejection of Christ, a rejection of the way of the cross, even for those who have been born again. If we begin to trust in schemes and fads, we'll get into that in a minute, then we're no longer trusting in Christ and we become self-centered. And, and number two, religion just becomes a show, like the Pharisees doing what they did for show. And also, their proselytizing is evil. Men going after men to try to make men like men, like themselves. And, and we're going to look at some things today and see some things in these scriptures here uh, about really, I, I, I really believe the Lord is leading us today w- with an overall look as we read some of these verses this morning about, uh, we're going we're to look at self-transformation. self transformation. And we're going to find out today that anything that's not faith in the cross that allows the Holy Spirit to transform is self-transformation. And anything that is self-transformation, Satan is in it, behind it, fueling it, and guiding it. And we're going to look at that today. So let's read through some of these. Number Verse 2, "...for men shall be lovers of themselves." Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And, and I talked about some of these in the last session. And you, and you could break this down and teach on each one of these words and expound on each one of these words. But we, we already know what they mean. And, it, and, and, and all you have to do is look around wherever you are. And you will see these things happening in the last days. These are the things that make the times of the last days so perilous. And God forbid that the church be a part of the peril that makes the last days perilous. We need to be a part of the true light that Jesus calls us, the the good soldiers that Jesus calls us, equipped with words of truth in their righteous context so that we might be found having His righteousness, going about His way, bringing about His will that brings forth His fruit that magnifies the name of Jesus and glorifies our Heavenly Father. So these these men are also without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And if you look back in verse 2, the first one mentioned was lovers of their own selves. The last one here mentioned is lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That's because they're lovers of self more than lovers of God. How many Christians today have been caught up in this political thing? And yes, we should have voted for the Christian values direction. And yes, we should be uh, in that participating in that. But how many got involved in the flesh? How many just been overtaken by this to where they spend most of their day now talking about the political things instead of the place they're headed, what God's done to deliver them from their past? They, they, they no longer are gospel-focused, gospel-centered. They're politically wrapped up in all the things that are just causing war and, 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 and a 
and, and, a, and, a, and a problem for peace. They're, 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 they're talking about all these things that the cross, the gospel, is the only answer for, but, they, but they're not talking about the answer. They're just talking about what he ought to do and she ought to do, and this is going to happen if this. And, and all these things, Christians have been wrapped up and brought into a, an entire life of fear living by a bunch of what-ifs. What are we going to do if this? And what if? And what if? I don't, we don't live by that. We live by faith. Now faith is not what if tomorrow. And what if that tomorrow's the Bible says, is going to have enough evil in it. So just think about what the Lord wants to do in your life, through your life today. And quit trying to justify why you're all wrapped up in all that, entangled in the affairs of this life. God didn't do that. You can deceive yourself with deceitful things and think that God brought you in, entangled you in all that, but He didn't. That was you. That was the lust of your flesh. And, and your mission as a Christian is to be living a life that's becoming the gospel. And if you're not, you're a part of the peril of the perilous times of the last days. I want you to know that I'm not being ugly, but that's really the way it is. And about this point is when the devil speaks and says, he whispers into those ears who are just not going to repent and he, he adds fuel to the fire and he'll tell you, he'll whisper in your ear and say, well, nobody's perfect and we all get tangled up and, and, and all, uh, you know, we all fall, we all stagger. We, listen, I understand that. But if, if, if you're listening to those voices instead of repenting and stopping and coming back to a pure and exclusive view and focus of the gospel because you're only headed in the direction that you're looking, and if you're looking at all the what-ifs and, and all the fearful things, then, then, then you're, uh, you're considering and focused on temporal things. So you're never going to have the victory of the eternal. You're not going to have it. Let me say that again. You're not going to have the experience the Holy Spirit wants you to have as long as you're entangled in all the things that's preventing you from being a good soldier. And the good soldier, according to the Word of God, is not according to the flesh. When we operate in the flesh, we're just a part of the peril that's making up the perilous times. And people have been angry. Because preachers, certain preachers won't preach about politics. They won't bring it to the pulpit. Well, preach the Word. I got a Bible, hallelujah. Preach the eternal things of God. Preach the spiritual things of God. Teach the doctrines of Christ, hallelujah. You know, there will always be people who, who just... Uh, think that they really don't call it self-transformation, but that's what it is. If they're not looking exclusively under what God did in Christ to save us and to transform us daily, taking us from faith to faith and glory to glory as the righteousness of God is being revealed to us in the gospel, then we're involved Maybe in a, in a state of ignorance, but the, the sufferings and the, the corruption and the destruction is inevitable no matter if I, even if I don't know or if I have heard and I'm not choosing to ignore. Either one of those avenues, corruption and destruction, takes place when we sow to the flesh. And we are sowing to the flesh if we're not trusting in what God did in Christ to put our flesh away and for us to be led by the Spirit of God. Now watch this. Verse 5, these, these, Paul is warning Timothy, the church in Ephesus, and us today of these who have a form of godliness. A form. That's all they have though. Something that has an appearance that it's godly. And it is godly to, to all those who don't know the scriptures in the light of Christ through faith in his work at Calvary. Now let's look at this today. They have a form of godliness. They, they're, they're those who their faith is not in the cross of Christ. Even if it was, if these are people who got saved, I don't believe most of the commentary writers that say these people are just false teachers who never have been saved. I don't believe that. I believe many uh, preach. I believe many men and women who've been saved by the blood of Jesus have not 
have not ever heard, have not ever learned, and many of those who have over the past several years who have heard it have rejected it of the cross being the only object of faith God has given. They've rejected it, and therefore, even though they're saved, they're, they're being led by the flesh under the influence of false, the false light of Satan. It's in many pulpits. I'd be willing to say most. Uh, the preachers uh, in Christianity tell people what it takes to get them saved, but 99.9 .9 out of 100 do not know what to tell a saved person. They do not know what to tell them as far as how to live in victory. You don't believe me? Well, go out and try it for yourself. Just ask a preacher. Just go ask a preacher and pretend that you, you don't know and ask him, I've got this sinful thing in my life I want deliverance from. How, how, how do I escape this? How do I find myself getting deliverance from this thing? And 99.9 .9 times out of 100, that preacher who's been in ministry for years will begin to list some things you need to begin to do that you might be delivered. Well, doing things didn't save you. Doing things can't deliver you. Jesus paid the price for your initial salvation, and he paid the price, finished the work on the cross for your daily grace to overcome, be delivered from anything and everything. I want you to know that. I want you to hear that. And I'm not being ugly, but any ministry that is not about the cross is a self-transformational ministry. And we're not transformed by self. Watch this now. We're, we're not told just to try to work it out, nor are we told to do anything other than to turn away from them. We're told here that those who have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God to us who are saved. And, it, and it's foolishness to those who are perishing. This form of godliness without power is a self-transforming ministry. Now I want to read this scripture to you. All this, this whole list of the reason these people, and this is, listen, this is not just people out there who ain't worried about God, don't care about God, don't want to try to have any kind of look of God. These are people who think they have a form of godliness. They're claiming they know God. These things they're doing are of God. They have the fruit of God. They're claiming that. But they are without the power. That's because they're not delivering the message that brings about the, the change. Going from faith to faith. Going from glory to glory. Going from victory to victory. They, they are not offering the message because most of them do not know it. I, I speak from experience. They do not know it. But many of them over the last 23, 24 years have heard it and continue to reject it. I've heard of preachers when asked, are you following the ministers of righteousness, the ministers of the cross today? Uh, uh, and certain names are called. They say, no, we're following, and they call other names, these big faith heroes of the last uh, 80 years or so. And those men, I, I'm not being ugly, but they, they didn't really know anything about faith even though they wrote many books about faith because they never really talked about the finished work of Christ being the only object of faith God has offered humanity. They wrote about you, you speaking things into existence. See, the object of the faith becomes you speaking, you doing. Oh, it looks so good. It's so deceitful. But that's self doing something instead of trusting in what Christ did. And no, my friends, they will hear something like this right here and they will say, well, yes, it's about what he did, but because of what he did, now we have the power to... No, 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 no. The power daily comes from Christ and our faith in his cross, his death, and we're given grace to function. Grace is the spirit of God, the spirit of grace. It's what God does. It's not what we do. And when we begin to trust in the words we speak, our speaking the words, when because we, we should trust the word, but when we be, begin to trust in our speaking the word, 
or our doing anything, then we're trusting in those things and not what Christ did at Calvary. And now we're found in a deceitful place, deceived, really believing that we can transform ourselves. Now, I want you to hear this, what Paul wrote the church in Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Please turn there with me on your smartphone Bible or your Bible there you have. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 13. For such are false apostles. How many of you know they're false apostles? How come we think that wherever we are, all the false apostles are everywhere but in our church? Listen very carefully. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers. What, what is a deceitful work? Something deceitful is that that has a right appearance, a, a, a form about it that, that, that appears to be godly. Uh, this outer form, it, it looks right, but it is not according to the Word of God. For these false apostles are deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And Paul says to the church in Corinth, verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, and don't marvel, don't be shocked by this. Most, most Christians are sitting under men who were guiding and leading them in the wrong direction pointing them to wrong objects of faith of themselves. If you will only do these three things, these books, these fads, this, the purpose-driven, the government of twelve, the, the words you speak, the, the, the covering principle, the, the, the walk of a man, all these things that come into the church that don't work, they can't work. If they do work, then the cross of Christ is of no use. And let me say this as the Spirit of God moves my heart today. It is not... The cross, and because of the cross now, we get to do these things and these things move God. No, faith in the cross <coughs> is what saves and gives us daily grace to live for God, to serve God in righteousness and holiness all the days of our lives without fear. Luke 1, 74 and 75 can take place because the moment we were born again, we were freed from the sin nature and we were made servants of righteousness. Because of what? Because we believed in that we obeyed that form of doctrine that saved us and set us on a new path. And it's not when we go and do things it's when we keep trusting in what Jesus did and the changes begin to take place, continue to, to, to take place. The work God began, He will be faithful to continue to do, to carry out, if we keep looking to that object of faith that allowed Him to begin the good work in us. Come on now. Don't sit here and think that God will continue to do that work without your faith in the cross. When we turn and put our faith in what we're doing, that's a ministry that is fueled by the power and the deception of Satan. I don't care who the minister is. He may be saved, may be saved for 40, 50, 60 years. If he doesn't know, he doesn't know. And if he's offering false information, even if he doesn't know, it's only deceitful. Remember Proverbs 12 and 17. Please write this down. Look at this. The times are very important. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false, prop, but a false witness deceit. The false witness, the, the false preachers, even those who are truly Christians but, but operating with a false message of self-transformation is deceitful. People that come in in bondages into the places of worship that are looking for an answer, if I just tell them, well, if you'll do these three things, God will deliver you, I, I actually have helped bury them up under the sin nature even worse because anything I tell you to do means I'm placing a law on you of doing 
And the law only strengthens the sin nature. I want you to understand that. Romans 7, 5, write it down. But Proverbs 12 and 17, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. That's the righteousness of Christ, what was carried out at Calvary and the fruit of that. But a false witness, deceit. The false witness brings a, a message that sounds right, looks right, even give you chills. Mm. How many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Christians weekly after a Sunday morning worship service leave saying that is the most powerful message I've ever heard. That's the most powerful message our preacher has ever preached, but yet it was a self-transformational message. Self-transformational. If the Word was not presented in the context of Jesus Christ and His work at Calvary, then you leave with a self-transformational attitude. Self-transformation. Now listen, let's continue to read because what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth is tied to what he's writing to Timothy and those in Ephesus and I hope you've accepted the word for you. Let me ask you a question today before we go on. To what degree is God's word having an effect on your life? Are you just hearing and realizing that what is being said is right? Or is God's Word actually bringing faith to you? A believing heart under, is God under righteousness? Is, is, is faith coming when, when you're hearing? Are you being moved in the proper direction when you study God's Word, when you sit under a teacher or a preacher of God's Word? Are you being moved? Is God's Word having an effect on you in a fruit-bearing manner, other, other than just you being in agreement. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. No, is it finding a place in your heart that would move you in, a, in an obedient manner, in the direction God's Word calls you to walk in the path of the just, the, the path of life, the path of righteousness, that others might see the fruit of Christ in your life? Or have we too long just been those that sit and shake our head while we're hearing that which is right, but we leave... And the Word, although we agreed with it, has found no place of root in our heart. No, it's found no place that moves us forward. Just a question I thought I'd ask today. Let's go on and read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse... Uh, let's start with verse 14. I'll read through 15 this time, the end of what I want to share with you here. And don't marvel. Don't be shocked. Because Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. That doesn't mean a big glowing light that will appear in your room. No, he transformed himself. Satan transforms himself into an angel that brings knowledge to you. And it will have an appearance of light, an appearance of that which will make you think you're moving in a godly direction but it will always be a false light. Do you remember when he approached Jesus in the, the wilderness and he used the Word of God on Jesus? And the Word of God is a light if it's used in its proper context. <coughs> but it was twisted because the light Satan offers from God's Word will always be a self-transformational light. If you do this, if you speak this, if, if you give this, if, and there are blessings that flow from obedience to God's Word, going to church, uh, going to a Bible study, uh, being in prayer, fasting in prayer. Uh, there, there are benefits and blessings from being obedient to God, but what you need to know, my friends, is if your faith is not in the cross, there is in no way that you can be in a functional pattern of obedience of carrying out obedience. You became obedient when you believed that form of gospel that freed you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness. Romans 6, 17 and 18. Just to, just to think that you love Jesus and you want to serve Jesus and you want to serve God so you're just going to go do these things the Bible tells you to do if your object of faith is not the cross even those things that appear to be right are just deceitful works. There's an outer appearance of godliness. There's a form there of godliness 
but, but the power is being denied. Remember Titus chapter 1 verse 16 tells us that they profess they know God, but they deny Him in their works. See, the, the works are only the fruit of the Spirit if we're operating under the law of the new covenant, which is the law of the life of the Spirit of Christ in Christ Jesus, walking in Christ Jesus. That means the way you walk in Christ Jesus is the way you got in Christ Jesus. As you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore walk ye in Him. Remember the scripture. Colossians 2.6 As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in Him. Hallelujah. So watch this. Therefore it is of no great thing, verse 15, if His ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Now we see here, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15, that Satan transforms himself, transforms himself. He Self-transformation ministry is of Satan. Anything I'm being told that I can do to conform myself into the image of Christ, even if it's the proper things the Bible calls us to do, it takes the Holy Spirit to transform me. And we're not under the old covenant, we're under a new priesthood and because there's a new priesthood, the law has changed, Hebrews 7.12 and the law today is the law of the Spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, in Christ Jesus who makes me free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8.2. That's the law, that's the perimeters. People say you can't put God in a box, but God, and He's not in a box, but He operates according to laws. Under the Old Covenant, it was the law of Moses. Under the New Covenant, it's the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus who makes us free from the law of sin and death. God only gives grace to those who are under law to be redeemed from it, delivered from it. The old law to come under the new law. And if we try to go back and think that we're going to mature and grow by what we do, be delivered by what we do instead of what Christ did at Calvary, we are involved in a self-transformational ministry. It's fueled and empowered and even supported financially by Satan himself. Self-transformation is not the message of the cross. <clears throat> and these ministers of Satan, even if it's a Christian who is ministering on behalf of the devil, have you never been used by the devil in your life? Every one of us have. We've accused the brethren. He's the accuser of the brethren. Have we not accused the, the, the brethren? Have we not, instead of forgiving and keeping things quietly, gone out and just accused somebody because we were mad about it? Well, that's, that's, that's fueled by, empowered by. Yes, it's the flesh, but any work of the flesh is fueled by Satan himself. And his ministers, look, also are transformed as the ministers of righteousness. This is, this is really seen when you're hearing the word outside of the context of righteousness, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. And preachers today saying you don't need to talk about the cross all the time. You don't have to point to the cross every time you preach. Somebody help me here. And I'm not saying these preachers are lost by no means because I've been there and I was saved, but I didn't know. But thank God when I heard, and even though I didn't like it at first, I, I couldn't deny what the Bible was saying. 
See, when, when you begin to lose uh, your, when you begin to stop trusting in men and, and the way men look at you and the way men think about you and, and you're concerned about how men feel about you and you just stick with the truth of God's Word, you're going to find so much peace and joy. You're going to find what you've been looking for in the person of Jesus Christ functioning in your life by His Spirit. There's so many Christians today pretending. They, they, they declare this, they, they declare that. And certain days when they really feel good and they feel good and it seems to be working for them, but then those days come along where they're just in the mully grubs and things aren't working out. And even when they declare certain things, it isn't working for them. It's because it wasn't really working. It wasn't even working when you felt good on a day that you really felt good. The only thing that works in the eyes of God is what He offered us in Christ through His sacrificial work at Calvary. That is what gave you the Holy Spirit. That is what allowed God to begin a work in you. That is what has sealed you until the, we're home. That is what allows God daily to continue that work He began in you. That is what keeps you. That faith alone is what keeps you from being found following those who are deceitful, those who are telling you things that appear to be right, even using Scripture to make them appear right, but they're not pointing you to the cross as the understanding of what you're seeing in the Word. You need to understand that. You need to understand that. That we, we, can learn, we can learn scriptures in such a way and, and, and the devil can sit down right now and quote the whole Bible to you. The devil can, he knows more scriptures and he can quote more scripture than all the preachers put together on the planet right now. He can do that, but he will never present them in the light of who Christ is and what Christ did at Calvary because that's not the light he functions in. He functions in darkness that only has a deceitful appearance of light as he uses is God's Word in a destructive, deceitful, deceptive manner which is holding God's Word outside of its righteous context. All that can be produced there is ungodliness and unrighteousness if God's Word is not being seen through faith in the person of Christ and His work at Calvary. Because the fruit of a Christian has to be righteous fruit. That and the fruit of the Spirit are one and the same thing. There's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit and then over here the, the fruits of righteousness. Those are one and the same thing. And they only exist when our faith is in the cross. Not 20 years ago when we got saved. Today. What are you trusting in today? What is it you're crying out to God to do? And what grounds are you trusting in Him to be able to expect Him to do that? Simply because you have a need? Simply because you're declaring the Word? Or is your faith in what entwined you together and made you one with Christ? Because the promise in Romans 8.32 is because God spared not His only Son but delivered Him up. That means on the cross for us all. How shall He not with Him there, with Him by faith there, give us freely all things. We ask in the name of Jesus. means we ask with our faith in Christ and His sacrificial work for us at the cross. If not, if that's not the case, then we're sitting under and following deceitful men who only have deceitful works. Watch this. For this sort... This sort of people, this sort of ministers are they which creep into houses. That means they sneak into houses. It does not mean that they go around and sneak in a window. It, they walk right through the door. They're creeping in. They're sneaking in under the guise of something they really are not. They are not the ministers of God's righteousness. Because whatever they offer, they're going to only cause people like these, the Bible calls them, they're going to lead captive to themselves. Silly women 
laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. And the word silly here, referring to women as silly here in this text, means simple, brainless, witless, shallow, foolish, unwise, indiscreet. That's what it means. Have you noticed false teachers or these, these, these really false teachers, these cults, such as Jehovah's Witness and Mormons, that they, 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 they are not God's people at all. They're unbelievers. They're lost. And, and they know immediately when they knock on a door if they're going to be able to creep in there or not. Let me say that again. Any false preacher knows where he's going to be able to creep in and lead captive silly people. People who don't know the truth. People who are going to follow them because they have this appearance of godliness. So people follow. All all they can follow is their appearance of godliness. But in all reality, all they have is a form because without faith in the cross, they're denying, and I'm not talking about faith in the cross when you got saved, faith today in the cross, opening God's Word in the light that shows the path of righteousness. Opening God's Word in the light of the one who said He is the light. In the light of the Scriptures, in the light of what made Jesus your light. I know preachers who have said concerning their little communities, do we really want that message coming into our town? The reason they don't want this message coming into their town, this true message, true messengers of righteousness, preachers of the cross, (coughs) is because they're in control. Message of the cross releases the control of men and allows the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? Preachers who hear this and refuse to preach this, and some of them have even said, if I preached that message, I would lose control of the people. They would just start doing this and doing that. That's absolutely what they believe. That they're called to control the people. And that may not be the word they use, but that is what they mean. Pastors are not called to control the people. They're called to deliver the message that allows the Holy Spirit to bring His control into their lives, His direction into their lives. This sort are they which creep into houses under the guise of being godly, but they're not, of, 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 of sharing a message of righteousness, but they're not because they're not pointing to the cross. If you're not pointing to the cross, the words you're delivering are out of their righteous context. All of God's words are in righteousness, but how are we holding them? Romans 1.18. How are we holding, delivering God's words? Yes, we're narrowing down to the close of this age in which we live called the times of the Gentiles. Daniel prophesied by the Spirit of God and said knowledge would increase. The knowledge is increasing today of the simplicity of of the Word of God in the person and the work of Christ Jesus to such a place that it's eventually going to end up with two witnesses that have the power to to show the power of God and, and, and to make it so plain before the very eyes of the people but the Bible says they will still refuse to repent even though they see. But you today, my friend, can choose. If you're lost and without the Holy Spirit because you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, because you've never really thought you were really guilty of as much sin as they're guilty of, but listen, the amount of sin is irrelevant. We were sinners when we were born, conceived in our mother's womb. And if you've never been born again today, at this very moment, the Lord is calling you to believe upon Him, to trust in what He did at the cross for the salvation of your soul. But I also know that most who watch our broadcast are born-again Christians. 
And if you're wondering why things haven't worked, where the power is, maybe because you are still listening to those who aren't opening God's Word and pointing you to the cross of Christ. And and, in such ignorance and such boldness says that we don't have to do that. It's very possible that those men are not even called of God to stand in the sacred and holy place of ministering in the capacity they're attempting to minister. For God is holy, His words are holy, His people are holy. And the path He's called us to walk on is a path of righteousness which is the only avenue through which holiness can, can be seen. Not my sleeves being long, my hair, no makeup, no, 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 no. Holiness is the product exclusively of righteousness. And when the fruit of righteousness is not being bare, even though we may have been born again and be righteous and holy in God's eyes in our position, but our condition, the fruit today, we may have left the cross. We may have even joined ranks with those who don't know this as the answer for victorious Christian living. For all grace, my friend, hear me, not just forgiveness of sins, but deliverance from ever bondage. Living free from the power of fear and sin, being able to serve God in righteousness and holiness every day of our lives, that's Luke 1, 74 and 75, is something that can only take place when our faith remains in the cross of Christ and we become students of God's Word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word in its righteous context as God's righteousness is being revealed to us in the gospel for there is where our faith is, the gospel. Faith can come when we hear God's Word if our faith is in the gospel. Do you understand that? Faith comes to move us from faith to faith when the righteousness of God is being revealed from faith to faith. Our steps are steps of faith. Our, our steps, we, we follow in the steps of our Lord Jesus Christ. His footsteps were steps of righteousness. Righteousness went before Him and has set us in the way of His steps. Psalms chapter 85, the, the last verse, write it down, look at that. Righteousness went before Him and has set us, righteousness, His righteousness, has set us in the way of His steps. And the righteousness that went before Him was the work of righteousness He carried out at Calvary. Isaiah 32, 17, the work of righteousness was peace. And the peace He made for us took place on the cross through His blood, Colossians 1, 20. The effect, the effect righteousness has in the lives of those who are trusting in that righteous work is quietness and assurance. Fear gone, oppression gone, depression gone. And we can serve God in righteousness and holiness all the days of our lives. You need to read Luke chapter 1, verses 74 and 75. Watch this now. Verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 3. These people, I've been there as a Christian. Let me say it again. These people being described here, a part of the peril that makes up the perilous times, I've been one of them involved in this as a Christian even minister, a Christian minister, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. What is it that eliminates someone from coming to the knowledge of the truth? They're not hearing the avenue of God's Word taught pointing to Calvary. Because outside of God's Word, in the context of Christ and Him crucified, truth is not an experience. The initial born-again experience is 
the experience of you being liberated, as Jesus said in John 8, 32, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And in that context there, he's talking about being free from sin. Being free from sin. So Jesus, John 14, 6, declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. But what is it about Jesus that liberates me from sin? His work at Calvary. There is no experience of liberation from sin outside of faith in Christ and His work at Calvary. And there will be no experience of continued experience of continued liberty and freedom without my faith being maintained in His work at Calvary. They're ever learning. What are you learning, my friend, that's not resulting in the knowledge of the truth? Who is Christ and what He did at Calvary? Ever learning, ever learning. I heard thousands of messages from the Bible, from preachers, and still bound and still making unwise after unwise after unwise decision, knowing that Christianity should be more than that, having to pretend and put on a glamorous show when you're around other people, or maybe the other end of that stick. You just always play the part of a victim because you don't know the power of the cross. I'm not talking about any kind of sinless perfection here. I'm not talking about a people who never have a, a bad time. I'm talking about a people, though, who what they're learning results in the provision made for them by the truth of Christ and Him crucified. What we're learning results in the knowledge of the truth. And remember, the great delusion is not to those who never received the truth. The Bible says strong delusion is given to those who never received the love of the truth. The love of the truth. Do you love truth? Do you know what truth is? Do you know who truth is? Well, God's Word is truth. God's Word is truth. Jesus declared that in John 17. Every word God ever spoken was in truth, but here's maybe what you didn't know. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Write it down. I'm sorry that your favorite preacher is not where you heard this. Don't be one of those people that say because my preacher didn't tell me this, and when I asked him about it, he didn't agree with it. Oh, bless your darling heart. Bless your darling heart. Who are you following? The truth of God's Word or a man? You've heard me tell it. A young minister made a social media post and, and, and someone, and it was a, true, a right post, scripturally. And some man came out of nowhere and whacked him. Oh, that's not right. That's wrong. And he, he mentioned a minister's name where he got it from. And immediately that guy said, Oh, I got it now. I understand it now. No, he didn't. He's a man follower. He's not following the truth. What he's learning is not resulting in the knowledge of the truth. And when the knowledge of the truth here spoken is not just you agreeing that what you're hearing is biblical and, and truth. It's receiving the knowledge of truth. Knowing when, when the result of what you're learning is knowing truth, the Bible says you're experiencing that. You're being moved by faith in the truth in the direction of obedience where there's fruit. Not you telling everybody you are, them seeing that you're being moved by the Spirit of God. And I'm not talking about some, something that has been gone the wrong direction with. Some, some shaking or some quivering and God wants to do that. Fine, fine, fine with me. But really, the Bible doesn't say that's the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible declares what the fruit of the Spirit is. And because the, many of the people in the church today do not know how to live for God, the avenue 
living for God takes place. The, the, the knowledge of truth. We've heard so many things that are false. That's why oppression exists. That's why depression exists. The Bible promises through the prophet Isaiah. Let's just look at this to close the session out today. Isaiah 54, 14. In righteousness you shall be established. Think about this. God establishes His people in righteousness. And remember now, he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Write it down, Proverbs 12, 17. The Holy Spirit now is always going to speak truth, which has a picture of the righteousness of Christ. But if we take God's Word and we begin to declare it outside of its righteous context, people aren't going to be able to have and walk in the knowledge of the truth. Because if, if, if what we're declaring from God's Word doesn't end up with a picture of the righteousness of Christ, we've held it wrong. We've ministered it wrong. And the fruit of the truth, liberty and freedom, and, and, and all the other things that go with truth, it's not going to happen. And we're going to end up with a form. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. If all we've got is a form of godliness but no power, that's how oppression comes in. That's how depression comes in. That's, that's how all the, the, the things that shouldn't be allowed in are in when there's only a form and no power. And that can only exist. Listen, that happens when our faith is not in what the Bible calls the power of God, the preaching of the cross. Watch now, Isaiah 54, 14. In righteousness, in righteousness, you shall be established. Are you falling in love with righteousness? The righteousness of Christ? Are you seeking after the righteousness of Christ before everything so God can add all to your life? You shall be far from oppression because you shall not fear. There are more there are more supposedly Christian songs being written today about fear than I've ever heard. All kind of songs about fear because God's people are trapped in fear. And none of those songs I've heard give us the answer of escape, deliverance from fear. Perfect love is the only thing that casts fear out of our hearts. And that perfect love can only be seen at the cross. Watch now. You shall be far from... And from terror, for it shall not come near you. When God is allowed to establish us, and He can only do that in righteousness. And righteousness in our lives is the product of our faith in the cross. The first time we placed it there, we were declared righteous. But God made us two things. Read it in Romans chapter 6, verses 16 and, uh, 17 and 18. He made us free from sin and He made us servants of righteousness so that He could begin that good work which is an establishing in that righteousness which was worked for us at Calvary. Many of you haven't yet left where God has attempted many times to get you out of, to pluck you up and move you. And it's because the fear of man is at a higher level of consideration in your heart than the fear of the Lord. It's time to let God move you. He's not going to grab you by the collar and yank you out. He's given you now. I believe the Lord has ministered to some people today and made more concrete than ever before the truth that needs to be heard and being heard. Because the truth is something we continue to walk in so that we can continue to see the path of righteousness that goes before us. For that is the path we've been placed upon. It's been a great broadcast today. I praise God for every one of you soldiers of the cross, those of you who are hearing some things maybe for the first time. God is trying to get you back to proper doctrine. 
the teaching of His Word in the context of the person and the work of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm praying for you that you will be established, found established, being established by God Himself in righteousness. For there you will see the fruit of what Christ did for you at the cross every day of your life. God bless you. We love you. Don't forget to pray for us as well as we continue to, to, to deliver this great truth of the cross of Christ. Don't forget to sow into the ministry to help us do what God's called us to do. You can do that by sowing online at thecrosswaychurch.com. You can also type the word give when you're texting. You can text the word give to 903-231-5950. God bless you. Keep moving forward. Keep trusting Christ and His work at Calvary. Until I see you next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.